You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Parenting with someone you love and respect can be hard enough. What happens when you have to parent with someone where the relationship hasn't turned out as you'd hoped? How do you raise your child or children well when you're no longer on the same page emotionally? And what happens over special holidays like Christmas? Lucy Good is a single mum of two girls and the founder of Beanstalk, which is a website that supports single mums in a variety of ways, which we'll get into. Hi, Lucy. How are you? Hi. Very well, thank you. Now, um, if we can start at the beginning, I think it's helpful to have a bit of a background about your own experience. How long have you been a single mum? I've been a single mum for five years now. And was it difficult to co-parent at the start? Yes, it's a a short answer to that question. It was difficult. I mean, parenting is difficult, um, if I'm to be entirely honest, and I think most parents would agree with me. So to then have to change gear and become a co-parent, it's a whole new world um, that you have to somehow read the code to. So yeah, it was difficult. And... And from the outside looking in, because I'm still with my husband, I have no plans of breaking up, Daniel, if you're listening. Um, But I've always thought that if, if, imagine that if I was in that situation, the hard thing would be that your worlds as a mother and then as a partner and trying to do the best thing for your kids, but then being shattered emotionally and not knowing and how you navigate that so it's good for your kids seems to be incredibly hard. It is. It is hard. And I think the thing is, it's the timing of it all. Like you say, um, the breakups there. um, And with that comes a huge amount of emotions, whether you're the one who's instigated it or whether your partner is. Um, So you have to deal with all of that as well as the practical side of a breakup, which can often mean moving house, selling a house, moving schools, dividing assets. Um, So difficult. Um, And then, of course, you've got these little people in your world whose lives you're um, upsetting in a huge way. Um, And that is just desperately sad. So it's this whole thing. And it's all happening at once um, and it is an extremely hard time even for those who have amicable breakups. And you speak about um, complementary co-parenting which I get the feeling is a certain way of doing things. Can you explain what you mean by that? I'd love to. I love talking about complementary co-parenting which is my term that I made up from my own experience as a co-parent. So When you break up with your partner um, and you try to co-parent, the advice you're often given is to collaborate and work together to look after your kids. And I do agree with this, but it's extremely difficult to start. Um, It's something that will hopefully come, but over a number of years. And our kids' childhoods are just so short that we need to put something in place straight away, even if we're not getting on. And that's where I started doing, and I didn't have a name for it at the time, I've named it since, um, my complementary co-parenting. So my circumstance was that we went straight on to a 50-50 shared care arrangement, and my ex-husband was um, a good dad. Um, In fact, he was a very good dad. Um, And he was also a bit of a Disney dad, which means that he just did everything that they wanted to do. Um, My girls had 
him wrapped around their little fingers. And <laughs> it was it was almost quite amusing to watch. Um, the end result was this: was that they'd go to his and they would get everything they wanted. They would do everything they wanted. They would have so much fun, and they would come back to me totally and utterly exhausted, um, full to brimming with junk food and with an attitude of, if I want it, I will get it. And this is something that I pondered over. Um, It's something that comes up a lot on my Facebook group, um, people upset with the way the dad parents. And I had a choice. I could either argue with him and say, I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to do that. You can't give them junk food. They're coming back tired, which would have created... Um, bad blood between us, even more so. I'd had enough of it. Um, and it would have made life hard for the the girls. So I decided instead of to fight it, to compliment it. So what I did is when the girls came back to me exhausted, I gave them downtime. When they were sick of McDonald's, we cooked together and we made nourishing food. Um, and when they were living like mini rock stars going, <laughs> going to bed when they wanted or just falling asleep on the sofa they came to mine and we had bedtime stories in a set bedtime um, and this works for the kids because they were getting both I felt like I was filling in the gaps in his style of parenting there was no way I could have changed his style of parenting even if I had tried and caused loads of problems so instead I filled in the gaps and the end result was that we had happy kids. And they didn't struggle because I, I would get the feeling that it was if it was so much fun at Dad's, even though you did these lovely things like cooking together and having stories, did they push back for a while? Did it take a bit of um, routine till they accepted it? They did accept it because I'm, I wouldn't say I'm strict, but what I say goes and they've always known that. Oh, my God, I need to learn from you. <laughs> Not all the time, I'm saying, but they knew the way it was. And also I was very strapped for cash. That I just didn't have the money that he had to go and do the things that he did. Um, even we used to have a bit of a laugh about it, me and the girls, because they might say, Mum, can we have a trampoline? And I'd say, sorry, no, I can't afford it. So they'd go straight to, hi- to him and say, Dad, can we have a trampoline? Mum said no. And the mum said no bit means that they're straight down the shop buying a trampoline. <laughs> so they, they played it. They worked it. Kids are clever. And I often think, well, let them. You know, they've got separated parents. They've got to have some bonuses. Um, but yes, yeah, it was a little bit like that, certainly when they were younger. But now that they're older... They are so happy with the way it's been and the way it is. And they just know as well that mum's house is this... I mean, I own property, whereas he moves around, rented properties and buys weird and wonderful places in the country. He's got boats and all adventure stuff. Whereas I've got a cosy townhouse and... um, they seem perfectly happy with the arrangement. And, there's, and you're like the anchor. I'm the anchor, well. yeah. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Lucy Good. She's a single mum and founder of Beanstalk, which is a website supporting single mums. And we've just been talking about complementary co-parenting, which is really not fighting, I guess, the other person's parenting style. I think I might need to apply it in my own home. So much <laughs> I can learn here. Um, now, you're girls are happy and is that in your mind if we were to say um, separating well doing it well when you have children is that what the is that what that looks like practically children who are happy Mm, absolutely that's the ultimate happy children Um, I always believe that that's something they are children we have to remember that Um, 
I look at people when they put their kids into primary school and they're so worried about how they teach and all sorts of different aspects of the school. And I just think if they come home happy, that's enough. If my kids come home from their dad's happy, that is enough for me. And I'm not going to do anything to stop that happiness. It's the ultimate for kids. And that um, the other part that I think would be hard, and you touched on it at the beginning, because obviously as an adult you had those emotions, but I've seen children um, when their parents have separated and um, mothers and, and fathers too, I'm sure, but my friends, my girlfriends talking about how heartbroken their kids are and how hard that is to navigate because that's what they want. They want their parents back together, but they're not going to do that. How in the initial stages did you manage that? Obviously, complementary co-parenting would have helped that because you weren't fighting necessarily Mm. with their dad. But then in some ways, I can see children seeing that work really well and go, well, why can't we do it with you together? (laughs) Yeah, you've just hit the nail on the head really with that because we were getting on well because of the way that we did it. Um, there was quite a bit of that at the beginning for us, um, and even even some doubt in my own mind. We're getting on really well, you know. Maybe we maybe we shouldn't have broken up. You know, maybe I, I took it a step too far here. But they do. They want you to get back together. They want you to spend Christmas Day and birthdays together. So you grit your teeth um, and you do that. And I know that there was an issue with my family that my girls wanted that and it was possibly caused by the complementary parenting because there wasn't very little conflict so yeah you're getting rid of the conflict but then you're perhaps confusing them but just to make a keep a clear message to them it's not going to happen there's reasons why it's happened and perhaps we can explain them to you later on you're too young to go into that now and I would actually say from learning from my own experience that don't do too much with them at the beginning with your other part with your ex-partner sorry don't do too much with them that is going to confuse the kids keep a really solid message going and try to have it if possible that you've both got the same message going on which is that we're not going to get together but we are we are getting on again which is a good thing Um, and this is the way we're going to try and keep it so just a clear message an open line of communication you just mentioned christmas what did you do the first Christmas after you and your partner separated? Yeah, well, co-parenting at Christmas is very difficult for some. We have followed our kids' leads in that they always wanted us to get together. As I said before, birthdays and Christmas, it was really important to them that we were all together as this family. And also, of course, they were make, you know using the opportunity of getting us together. So, yeah, we did that. We, we for about three years whoever's house they were at in the morning, the other one had to drive around at 5.30 in the morning. So we were both there for stocking opening. Um, And, you know, we did that, as I say, for about three years. And I think the first year was okay. And then it just got, it just was flat because we didn't really want to be together. And I think the girls notice that now they're older and they're actually like, we'll just do something separately with them because (laughs) we can have so much more fun that way. Yeah. Yeah. How would you negotiate that? So obviously you you were led by the girls and what they wanted. If you could say to someone who's thinking about Christmas now, and let's say it's the first Christmas since they've separated or even just the early years since they've separated, how do you have that conversation? Because as you said, Christmas is complicated enough when you're together, especially if your family's in the same state, in the same city. You, you always are doing mm. two lunches and who's hosting what and, you know... 
It is it's hard. Um, well, I have actually just done a really cool podcast with Vanessa, who's a family lawyer from BT Lawyers, um, and she gave me heaps of tips in that podcast um, about co-parenting at Christmas. Um, so anyone who is actually struggling, take a listen, because there's too much for me to explain now, but she just has all the answers. But the main thing that I took away from it was to be prepared in advance. So start talking now, try and open the lines of communication with your ex-partner and all the other members of the family who all want a piece of the kids. Start making plans now. And then if you can't come to an agreement, you might need to run through the courts, change a court order or a parenting plan, which does seem a bit extreme, but apparently the courts are absolutely packed with things like this at this time of year. And often it's too busy to get in if it's too close to Christmas. So get yourself prepared. You know, you need to plan like a military operation when you're shared parenting at Christmas so everyone knows where, they're sta- where they stand and nothing goes wrong. And also for those who are really struggling, if you listen to the podcast, there's quite a few emergency numbers on there because family lawyers are often closed down over the Christmas period. So if you do need advice or something goes wrong on the day, as it very often can, make sure you keep a note of everything and call an emergency number if you need to or just stay put and then speak to your family lawyer afterwards but just put all your plans in place so hopefully nothing will go wrong and we'll pop a link up both to the um, Beanstalk website but also to the um, part on the website that has yeah. the podcast can you subscribe as well um, no iTunes? need to you can just um, I, I well yeah you can subscribe to my newsletter which um, I do within a goodie, goodie bag where I give some stuff out and then you will get the emails sent out to you with the podcast okay. or you can just hop on and just t- look through them they're all free yep. all free resources brilliant and um, I guess the thing that, uh, I, as I mentioned to you before we, we had this chat today, a friend of mine who's a single mum found your, I guess, sent her your website and she just raved about it because she found it to be a really positive experience. And for her, she's found that that's, that's what she's chosen. She's chosen to embrace being a single mum and she loves it. Um, but she says it's really tough to be on platforms where you're sharing um, your thoughts and feelings with other single mums that you where you want that support, but there's a lot of negativity that comes into that. Was that your intention with starting Beanstalk? I mean, why did you start the website itself? It was 100% my intention to um, find to create a space where single mums could come and feel positive and inspirational and happy. A place where single mums can come and embrace their single mumdom (laughs) and to look at their new path in life as not something bad, but something different, which could in fact turn out to be even better than the original path. Um, I felt when I became a single mum that there was nothing out there like that. Um, There's very few resources for single mothers um, and what there is is very much focused on family courts um, and DV, which of course are very important resources There's also so many single mums out there who don't um, need those resources, but they just want to feel good and they want to feel like they're amongst people who are going through similar situations to themselves. Um, Isolation is a very big thing with single mothers, even though we often don't stop from like all mothers (laughs) from from when we get out of bed to when we fall back into it later on. So I just wanted to be able to connect these people and connect them in a manner where they knew they could click online onto their phone or wherever and just find a happy space. Well, I think you've definitely done that. Lucy, thank you for speaking with us today. You're welcome. Thank you. 
That's Lucy Good. She's a single mum and founder of Beanstalk, a website supporting single mums. And actually, I'll bring her back in because she does have something special going on for Christmas that I completely forgot to ask you about. (laughs) Tell me about what you're doing for Christmas. Yeah, I just wanted to put it out there because this is a great time um, to get involved. So my business is called Beanstalk, Single Mums, but I have an offshoot, which is a Facebook group, closed Facebook group called The Single Mum Vine. um, And it's obviously single mums only on that group. We've got 8,000 or just over 8,000 single mothers in under a year. Um, And I think like your friend was saying, um, it's the only positive space that she's managed to find for single mums. So it's actually running now right through to the 14th of December and it's called Love a Single Mum this Christmas. There are so many single mums who are in need this Christmas. Um, They perhaps can't afford to buy presents for their kids or they're going to be on their own. So all we're saying is go on to the group and give something away and it can be anything it can be kids toys that you don't want anymore it can be something like clothes perhaps that you've never worn Um, somebody um, is looking to give away uh, a really nice formal dress Um, we've got other people who are talking about giving away vouchers Um, if you haven't got something to give away or you can't afford to give anything maybe you can give someone some of your time you can do some cooking for them um, make some freezer meals some mince pies uh, or offer to give someone a phone call on Christmas day but if we can get all the mums on there offering at least one thing then we can all connect and help each other at Christmas which can be quite a hard time for us so please come on board have a look and maybe you can get something um, and maybe you can give something but whatever you will definitely have support um, from lots of single mums. I think it's a brilliant idea Lucy thank you. Thank you. So as I mentioned, we'll put all those links up on the website, including to the Facebook page that Lucy just mentioned. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.